When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Glory, glory, talk Glory, glory, talk How are you? And thank you very much for joining us today. Well, thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Good. Um, now, going way back, you actually started out as a striker. Uh, is that correct? Yeah, when I was um, living in a little village uh, 10 miles from Colchester, mm. I played for my school team uh, up front, scored quite a lot of goals. But then at about 10 years old, I decided that I wanted to play in goal. Right. It was probably because I was too lazy, too lazy to run around anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and I was watching my dad all the time as well at the time he was playing for Colchester so that kind of influenced me to yeah. to want to go and go well I remember years yeah. ago you played against the Spurs show uh, for the uh, Tottenham Legends team and you played up front and you were fantastic so you still got it obviously <laughs> oh maybe I'm sure I didn't move much but um, yeah I like, I, I like to play uh, like to play out on pitch now yeah because uh you know, it's just a bit more fun for me rather than playing yeah, in goal. Exactly. <laughs> you mentioned your you mentioned your dad there. Obviously, he was a huge influence on you. How did he looking back at your early career? How did he drive you on and encourage you? Well, I mean, I just went to watch him play at Colchester, and I mean that was that was really the main thing. And he he just let me pretty much go about whatever, wherever I wanted to go, which direction I wanted to go, and mm. and um, when I decided that I wanted to play in goal, he was like, "Fine, okay." And then actually, he started to be a, a little bit more uh, involved in telling me where I was going wrong and what I needed to do and all that kind of stuff. And he was quite, I would say he was quite tough, yeah. quite tough on me on, on, on all sorts of things. But again, that's, that was probably good for me because it would give me pointers on where I was going wrong. And I tried to make sure I didn't make any mistakes. <laughs> yeah. No, because you went, because you obviously part of that FA school of excellence, uh, back in I think it was like 1987. Uh, then you went, then you became a trainee at Spurs. How did, how did the Spurs connection then happen? Uh, well, I yeah, when I was at Lillishaw, which was the, the national school, I, I basically played for England. I think it was under 15s and under 16s, and I had a few clubs that were interested in me. And, and one one day or one evening, my dad said, "Right, we're going to go and watch Spurs play." So he took us to the, to White Hart Lane and, and watched the game. And I was just like, "Oh, this is it. This is the place where I want to play." It oh, really? Had, did you, did yeah. you just felt it? How amazing! Yeah, it was just um, even when I just got to the gates and I, we were walking through it, it was like it was just had this like amazing atmosphere, and I was like, "This yeah. is it." Oh, that's amazing! Because so that, yeah. you, you've been to other grounds before, that presumably watching games. Yeah, sure. Yeah, we, I mean, we we went to a lot of ga- a lot of different uh, stadiums uh, in the in the north and uh, mm. 
and um, yeah, just he wanted to take me one day to to Spurs, and and that was it. That was there was there was no going anywhere else after that. Oh, fantastic! And then obviously you were in that uh, really well known sort of FA Cup, FA sorry, FA Youth Cup winning side of eighty nine ninety. What other players at the time in that team went on to sort of make it in uh, top flight football? Uh, well, we had Scott Houghton, who was a right winger, who played a couple of games for us, and then he yeah. went off to different clubs. Uh, Ian Hendon, I think he played a few games. David Tussle. Right. Um, i trying to think who else was there. I think there was a few guys that played played a few games. but So, you, uh, so, so, so it sounds like you were the one that sort of obviously went furthest in their career from that side. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think I think so, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it was obviously a very talented side. We had a lot of good players in that youth side. And yeah. just for you know, one reason or another, you know, the other guys kind of, whether it be for injury or just, just bad luck, just didn't happen for them, really. So, um, so yeah, I was fortunate enough to, to be able to, you know, carry on at the club for, for another, what, 10 years yeah. or so. I mean, you, you then went to, you then had experience, you went to Oxford and Ipswich on loans. What was that like, that experience? So, you know, it's all relatively young age. Now yeah. you know going you know going into the sort of like big men's football of you know big forwards going at you and stuff. Did you think that really really helped your development? Yeah, I loved it. I absolutely loved oh, right. it. I went, I went to Ipswich. I didn't I didn't play. Obviously, didn't play in the first. Game. I just went there as cover. Right. Um, and it was a good experience. Um, I enjoyed the training and all that. It was just a different you know, atmosphere and stuff. So I went there and got more involved with first team. And then then I got an opportunity at Oxford, which I did play. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was it was it was really great for my development. Um, yeah, I got smacked around a little bit and understood <laughs> <laughs> understood what it was about. Yeah. Um, I remember Steve Ball, you know, cracking me a good one in one of the games against Wolves, mm-hmm. and uh, and um, yeah, it was just, it's just really a good experience for me. And I and um, actually when it when it finished at Oxford, I was, I was quite upset because I really wanted to stay and keep playing because right. uh, I knew I probably may not get some opportunities for a little while. So, yeah. but. It, it was great for the film. But I mean, it's amazing. You, really good. Because you, you came out and you, I mean, again, you were really quite young and you were sort of very quickly installed as Eric Osvets number two, which obviously says a lot about your quality. And I think at that time early on, I think Pat Jennings was, was your coach. How did, did, he help, did he help your game at all? Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I was quite lucky. I mean, I had a lot of uh, really experienced and great goalkeepers as my coaches. Yeah. Obviously, Ray Clements was there when I was there. Uh, and Pat as well, Big Pat was, was brilliant. I mean, two two kind of different different characters, but you can learn off both. And um, it was brilliant again for my development to have those two guys, their experience, and obviously they were great, the greats of the game. So um, how could you not learn from from those two guys? Yeah, I mean, you were then part. You were part. Of, well, a lot of people probably won't remember this, but you were part of that nineteen ninety well, that nineteen ninety one FA Cup winning squad um, mm. as second keeper. How? How, how was it being surrounded by, you know, the Gascoins, the Linekers, the Paul Stewart, you know, big Pat Vanden Howe, big kind of characters? Did, did you kind of rise to the occasion or were you a little bit sort of timid in front of those kind of players at that stage? Um, well, I think uh, going through from the youth team, winning the youth team, everything was, was going really well and I was yeah. quite confident myself at that time and and uh managed to get play some reserve games and managed to get in the first team squad and mm. uh, um and of course when you whenever you get to train with a first team you know test your character and, and they test your character quite a lot i remember gazza and a few, spe- specifically gazza um come being quite robust for me a couple of times and just being, <laughs> you know i mean that, that's how it was i mean you just have to see they want to see what your character's like they yeah. want to see what, whether you can take it or whether you're going to fold and and shy away from it or so 
Um, again, it's again it's great experience for a young player to go into a, a squad with those types of names and and the quality we had in that in, in that squad at the time. Um, yeah. And it, was, yeah, it, was, it was just a great learning experience. And it was in that season you made your debut, bizarrely, went to Norwich. And who's sitting, mm. <laughs> who's sitting on the bench? Your dad's on the bench for the other team. What, what, what was that day like? Um, it was nerve-wracking. Yeah, <laughs> it was nerve-wracking. Yeah, because obviously I know my dad was going to be there and all that, but just to play for Spurs was like a dream for me to, to be able to turn out for the first team. Yeah. And, of course, they, we were resting a few players, I think, because of, of the cup final. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was a dream for me to play. Unfortunately, we lost the game, but it was, a again, a, another brilliant experience for me to be able to go out and, and play in the first team. And um, and then that would give, give me the confidence for, for the next season to try and do it again. Yeah, I mean, the next season, Terry Venables then sort of went upstairs, became chief executive, and Peter Shreve came in. And, and you know, you got a good run of games. I think you... I think, um, well, you kept Eric out for a while, I think, until you you got ill from memory. What what, what was what was Peter like as a coach? Because he obviously gave you a, a, a you know your first proper opportunity in that team. Yeah, I mean, he always encouraged me. You know, he's uh, he's, he's a very nice guy. I've seen him since, and he's always always been very friendly and a very nice guy. And like I say, he encourages encouraged me to just play my game and mm. and um, basically what you know what else you can do about with a with a young young player. Just encourage them to do what they do best and. Uh, and he was very good with me, and um, obviously I appreciate that he gave me uh, a run a run of games. Yeah, you then you got a, you got a sort of a similar run against the following season. It was a bit mm. lots going on at Spurs at the time, but it was it was Ray Clements <laughs> and uh, Doug Livermore were were then <laughs> coaching. What, what was it like to work with Ray Clements on that kind of level? Uh, well, I mean, Ray's always been uh, he's always encouraged me a lot. He's always trying to trying to help me. Um, uh, from the beginning when I got to the club and, and all the way through he he's um I guess he's really he really believed in my ability and what I could do he saw, he saw me every day and he mm. he really pushed me to to try and be better and um uh, to have him as a head head coach or joint head coach was was the same I mean he you know he just encouraged me and uh, uh like you said there were there were lots of changes at the club all throughout my time there and yeah um, various different characters as coaches and head coaches, um, but I I always liked it with uh, with Ray and, and Doug. I thought they were really nice, uh, really good people. And um, again, like I said, they they encouraged me, and uh, you know, I, I tried to do my best for them. <laughs> did because um, obviously then Aussie came in, and there was all the, the sugar stuff going. Did that, did that did that affect the players at all, or did you just just try and you know, head down and, and get on with things? Yeah, as players, you just want to try and get on with it. Just um, you're aware of what's going on, and there's, there's yeah, different things, but you have to try and focus on the pitch. Uh, mm. You know, the bottom line is we're there to try and get results for for the club and, and the fans and everybody. And whatever happens off the pitch happens, and you have to try and make the best of it. And uh, once the once the whistle blows, you have to you have to focus on your job, and uh, you do that as best as you can. Yeah, I mean, then um, around that time, obviously Jurgen Klinsmann uh, came in to the side, the sort of famous five up front under our dealers. What was he like in training? Did he help at all? I mean, you're up against everyday training, one of the greatest strikers of all time. Mm. Yeah, uh, it, was, it was it was amazing when when we signed him. I remember one of my my best friends, who's obviously a huge Spurs fan, and. Uh, he was saying to me, oh, we're making this sign. And I was like, yeah. He was like, guess who it is? I was like, I don't know. He was like, he's got blonde hair. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. He went, I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh, I couldn't. I was so excited. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, and to, to, to face him in training and to, to see the way that he, he was as a, <clears throat> a professional and uh, off the pitch also, he was, he was fantastic. And, um, yeah, really just uh, set an example for everybody else of how to how to go about their business. Yeah, and then uh, Jerry Francis came in. Uh, and that season, we had a, a great run um, to the semi-final of the FA Cup. Obviously, the, the beating Liverpool mm. Anfield was incredible. That semi-final yeah. game, still, still to me, whatever, I, I still don't know what happened that day. We were sort of absolute favourites to win. I know we had a couple mm. of injuries. Nethercott had to come in at the back last minute. Mm. But what, what happened that day? Did, can you remember? Uh, I can, oh yeah, of course I can remember. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, yeah, I can't remember. But um, <laughs> no, I just, I just, yeah, the run was just incredible. And I remember after after we beat Liverpool at Anfield, everyone was like, right, our name's on it. Yeah, yeah. we, you know, everyone was going mad about it. we're gonna we're gonna win it, and everyone kind of a little bit overlooked Everton maybe yes. on the outside. But we, I mean, we didn't. I, we didn't. I think we, we were in about it the right way, but we just didn't perform on the day. And um. Yeah, it was one of the biggest disappointments, I think, that, that day that uh, we pretty much got bombarded for the first half. Yeah. And then I think we played a bit better in the second half. And, but we just, didn't, uh, we just didn't perform. And, yeah, I made a, a mistake for one of the goals for the goal kick. And then, and then they, they scored off the rebound. And it was just devastating at the end of it. It was, uh, you know, 4-1 was, yeah, yeah it was just devastating. We, we, we just, um, yeah, we just felt like we, we blew it. Yeah. And, uh, did. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I mean, it was funny, you know, was it Daniel Amikachi scored too, you know, and one of those players you sort of never hear of again, but he was just, he just had one of those games and it was, uh, as you said, really disappointing. Um, that sort of 95-96 season, now you were kind of officially installed as first team keeper. Uh, I think we finished eight that season. Did you, mm. did, how, how does that make you feel that you now knew you weren't vying with someone, you were just number one? How, how does that make you feel then? Well, I'm going to sound a little bit funnier, but mm. when I when I first came to to Tottenham, I just like my whole goal was to be the number one. Yeah, and that so I had I think I had like seven goalkeepers in front of me at the time when I first yeah. came, and I just I just had this like tunnel vision that I'm gonna I'm gonna be the number one, I'm gonna be the number one. And even when I when it got to when I got to play in '91 mm. or '91-'92, I still felt like I was gonna you know I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna be there and all that. And Eric was you know a well-established international goalkeeper. I think he had like 90 odd caps for Norway. Mm. And um, you know, I respect him a lot. He's really as a great guy, uh, and obviously a very good goalkeeper to play at, at that level for that long. Um, but I just had like this, this kind of uh, goal that I, I wanted to get to, and I just thought I was definitely going to do it. So when I got when I got to that point, I was like, okay, so I'm where I'm where I should be or where I want it to be. And uh, of course, it's, it's great to to establish yourself and say, okay, now I'm I'm, I'm going to be there for the for the whole season, and there's there's no question about that. Yeah. Uh, but then, of course, you have to you have to keep proving yourself and keep your performances up, and that's yeah. that's the that's the whole the whole thing about it. That's the challenge. Yeah, absolutely. And then, um, I mean, obviously, Jerry then left and then Christian Gross came in now what was he like we've had quite a few ex-players on this team uh, I mean Gary Mabbitt certainly doesn't speak highly of him uh, h- h- how did you get on with him uh, up and down I'd say I mean uh, I remember that he upset Jürgen I mean and if you yes. can upset Jürgen then pretty much that says it all yeah. so um, 
yeah, he brought some different things in. We were up at wake, what they would call wake up training at like seven o'clock in the morning and stuff. And the guys weren't too happy with that. Yeah. Um, day of the games and stuff as well. So up doing stuff in the car parks and what have you. But, but I think, yeah, I think that that's all that needs to be said. When Jurgen gets upset, then you know that that's not right. So, um, yeah, I mean, I felt in a way I felt sorry for him, but you know, that's an, again, that's the nature of the game. Yeah, I mean, it was. It, it, looking, I mean, even at the door, looking back, even at the time, it was quite a weird, weird appointment. And then, obviously, mm. that season, you know, we we were threatened with relegation. I remember, Clinton yeah. came back. We had that great six-two win at Wimbledon, which kind of made yeah. sure everything was okay. There was thought yeah. then about. Um, so I've been told the board apparently did speak to Gary Mabbott and, and Jurgen about them two taking over. Uh, do you remember that at all? No, no. it's the first time. Oh, really? No, there, there was there was a conversation. Apparently, the board said if if we lose if he loses the next game, you guys can take over for the rest of the season. I think we did win that game, and it, it yeah. never happened again. I wonder what would have happened if that if that happened at that early stage. Who, who knows, really? Um, and then obviously yeah. George Graham came in. Obviously George Graham, <laughs> Arsenal player. Won the league with them. All about the def- all about getting the defence solid. How did he influence you then as a manager? Uh, well, as soon as the appointment was made, I knew. That, I think everybody knew the first thing he'd probably do is try and is tighten up the yeah. defence and tighten up the whole team. And so, my whole goal at that point was to. Uh, I'm not even sure if I was in the team at that time, but my whole goal was to. I think Espen played yeah, a few so you games got, yeah, and then you got injured. Yeah, yeah. And, and my whole goal was basically to get my head down and just. Get myself in the best shape possible, ready to ready to come in if I had the opportunity. And then um, after a bit of time, I, I got that opportunity. And then mm. uh, things went really well that season. I mean, we had a lot of clean sheets. We um, obviously won uh, the league cup, and obviously we to semi final FA Cup. So in the end, it ended up a, a really good season. Um, and you know, he one thing you can say is that he knows how to organise a team. So <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. No, I mean we did play some good foot, football, and obviously Ginola was was really yeah. key that season. I mean, you mentioned that FA Cup semi final. It was another. We didn't realise the time as fans how many semi finals we 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 keep losing, which obviously continues to stay. That was another one because I thought we played quite well that game yeah. against Newcastle, and still I think. And I think with Defoe hit the bar at one stage. It was just one of those games. It's just just nothing fell for us, did it? Well, I think the <clears throat> one of the main talking points of that game, which which we always look back on afterwards, was that when uh, Babby's has handball in the, from a yes. I think it's from a corner or a free kick, and That's right. I think it was nil nil at the time. I'm not 100 percent on that, but it might have been nil nil at the time. And I mean, it was a blatant handball, and he didn't give it. And then obviously they go on and they win the game. So uh, you know, small margins and all that, but another disappointment in semi final. Yeah, I mean that League Cup you mentioned, obviously in the earlier rounds, the game we won at Anfield, we beat Man United in the cup run. The Leicester game was uh, obviously footballing wise not a great game, but what what's it what's it mean to, to you know to to, to, to to you know be in goal for the team you know you've been with for so long and finally get a trophy then and a medal that no one can ever take away from you? Everything. <laughs> it meant everything. Yeah. It meant everything. Yeah, it did really because yeah. you know, you know, my, my career at Spurs was up and down. I had some really good moments. I had some really good times when I played really well, and I had some times where I didn't do well. And I, and um, you know, when you go all through all that, and you think, well, is anything good ever going to happen? Come out of it? Are you, are you ever going to win something? And then you get an opportunity, like you say, we lost the semi-final FA Cup in uh, was it '95, and then you just think, is it is it going to happen? And then. Um, yeah, to, to to get through and, and and to win something, not not just personally, but for the whole club. Yeah, 
is um just makes it all worthwhile you know yeah. when you see all the fans celebrating and and, and you know they go through everything as well right. you, <laughs> you certainly know? do <laughs> down yeah and they pay pay good money to come and travel and watch us everywhere and, and you know the players appreciate that and they they know what the fans go through also and we're always striving to try and to try and to, to try and win for the fans as well. It's um, of course it's a it's a massive part of the club. It's what it's all about. The fans are what it's all about. At the end of the day, yeah. and um, and uh, to actually finally do it um, was yeah, that was just uh, incredible yeah. to see the celebrations and all that. Just for everybody associated with the club was just it, it, it yeah, it, it was just it means it meant everything. It meant everything, especially like so I've been there for for a long long time at that stage and. Um, yeah, just uh, just just a great day. Yeah, just a great. It was, but the following season, it, it kind of meant we were for the first time in a while we we're back. We we're back in Europe because you know before mm. we kind of were just just about missed missed out of it in the league, um, yeah. and we faced it was Kaiserslautern, and again yeah. again I just I don't know what happened there and over the two was it was it Stevie Carr got an own goal against you from memory was it an own goal? I think he yeah. did, didn't he? Yeah, he did. What was that experience of going to Europe? You know, with with Tottenham was That's that? Right. Yeah, it's great. I mean, of course, any time you get to play in Europe, it's, it's great. It's great as a player. It's another level and you want to play at and um, something you strive for. And it was it was great. But I, mean, I remember that Kaiserslautern game. Like, it looked like we were going to go through, no problem. And then all of a sudden, I think they scored two goals in yeah. a short space of time towards the end. And next thing, we're out. Yeah. So, of course, another another kick in the teeth, really. We were, we were you know, getting devastated after that game, too, that we, we thought we, we were going to go through and, and, and we didn't. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. Neil Sullivan came in on a free transfer. He came in around the same time, 2000. Um, and Hoddle, uh, Glenn Hoddle was in. What, yeah. what made what made the decision for you to go? I think I, I think it's time for me to leave now. Was it because Sullivan came in to sort of uh, you know push you, or what, what was the reasoning behind it? Uh, well, uh, after the after the League Cup season when we won, um, the club and I agreed to a new five-year contract. Right. I'm not sure. I'm not sure many people know that, but we we agreed to a five-year contract, and, and and by by doing that, I thought, okay, well, I'm, you know, I'm going to have a fair shake next next season or whatever, and I'll, you know, and then the the club or in Neil Sullivan, and then it was just like, okay, they're not buying him into, they're not buying him to sit on the bench, you know, they're yeah, buying him to to play, and so then I sort of thought, okay, um, I think I gave it one season actually, it was the next season, and then mm. and Neil Neil did really well, you know, he played really well that season. No complaints whatsoever. I had a couple of runouts where I don't know what happened, but it maybe was suspended or I was injured or something. I played a couple of games and I was 
and I was happy to play in those games. But eventually, I was like, well, okay, he's played so well this season that he's going to start again next season. Mm. And you know, I was getting on a little bit, and I was like, okay, I really need to play. I want to play. Do you think it's different? Do you think it's different for a goalie to be on the bench than an outfield player? Do you think goalies th- uh, think in a different way? Well, I mean, yeah, there's only one spot, so you... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. Unless uh, unless he gets injured or or sent off, or whatever, you're not seeing any playing time, and yeah. you know, goalkeepers can can go whole seasons, of course, without anything happening. So, you know, you're you don't want to. I mean, I'm not one who ever wishes somebody else to get injured or, or anything like that or sent off or whatever. Um, but of course, you want to play. So, if it doesn't happen, and and, and that season, particular season, Neil did did very well. Um, and uh, there was, you know, that was how it was. So you just have mm-hmm. to try and make a decision. And at, at my age, at that point, was, um, you know, I want to play, and that's it. And I went to see Glenn and said, look, you know, I just need to play. And he said, okay, I understand. Mm-hmm. And there was, you know, there was no problem with it. He he understood my position, and uh, he just said, look, if something comes in, we'll we'll look at it. So I said, okay. And then next thing. Leicester came in and, and that was it. I was off. <laughs> so you kind of so you parted on good terms, would, would you say? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, for sure. There was no, you know, it was to- totally. Uh, we agreed and everything was fine. There was no raised voices or no bad feelings at all. Um, you know, if, if there hadn't been something coming in, I would have stayed. I mean, I, I would have yes. stayed. I would. I, I wanted to stay at the club for the, for the rest of my career. I, I never really wanted to go anywhere else. But in the end, you know, you want to play. You don't want to sit on the bench for four years and or five years or four years it would have been um and perhaps i got a game here or there that you know it just wasn't what i wanted to do at that point so um yeah I, like i said I, I never i never actually saw myself leaving tottenham but um you know circumstances happen and, and that's it so yeah. we haven't sort of t- touched upon uh, you know your, your caps for england what was that mm. When you first got wind that, that you were being called up, that must have just been surreal. Yeah, and again, it was one of my goals when I was a young, young guy. You know, just play for England. You know, you want to play for England. That's the the ultimate, really. And uh, yeah, when I got called up, it was uh, it was yeah, I guess it was kind of a surprise because you you, know, you don't expect it. But um, I'd been playing okay, I felt and. Um, and to just get in there was great. And then, of course, it was, you know, just managed to play a few games, uh, a few 20 minutes here and there, I think it was, for before Euro 96. Mm. Um, great to be involved in Euro 96. But, of course, you want to try and play a bit more. And <clears throat> because there was a few goalkeepers in front of me, and obviously David Seaman was established. And uh, mm. at times my form was good enough to suggest I could have played. And at times it wasn't so. I mean, it was up and down, like I said. So... You need to be more consistent if you want to be an England goalkeeper. So um, I've got no real... Probably in another era, you probably would have played more games. I mean, if you think about the era now, I think you'd be an absolute shoo-in, if I'm honest. Well, <laughs> it's nice of you to say. Well, it's but true. I mean, no. I mean, maybe. Maybe. I felt like, uh, yeah, I think David Seaman had it wrapped up, and, and, and that's fair enough. But, um, yeah, and the times where, at the end, where other goalkeepers got chances... I wasn't in good form. I didn't. I wasn't consistently playing well enough. So I suppose it sort of happens in sort of cycles. You look at uh, Ray Clements, who obviously a great keeper, but he had Shilton, yeah. uh, Corrigan, Joe Corrigan. There's certain, mm. you know, you just. I suppose to some areas, you just get lots of good goalers, and as you said, they're one position on the pitch. So what can you do? 
Yeah, I think at that, at that point, the goalkeepers weren't too bad. I mean, obviously, Seaman and Tim Flowers and, and Nigel Martin, mm. David James was, you know, like similar, could it up and down in form, but I mean, on his day, very good goalkeeper. Yeah. So, and, you know, there was, there was a few there vying for that, but I mean, David Seaman was a, a little bit ahead of everybody, so um, everyone else had to. Had to sit and, and take it. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I mean, you mentioned there you went to Leicester, then Bolton, uh, mm. then you're out in America for a while, then obviously you ended up where you are currently, China. Yeah. How how the hell did that happen? <laughs> Ending up oh. in China, and and and, and how do you find it out there with the language and cultural uh, differences? How is it out there? Well, how I got here. Um... Yeah, well, I, I, obviously, like you said, I went to Leicester. I was four years at Leicester, mm. then I went to Bolton. I was three and almost four at Bolton. Mm. And then I got an opportunity to to go and play in the MLS, um, with the, which was then Sporting Kansas City, or Kansas City Wizards, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had, I think it was one month in between when I left Bolton, and then I was due to start pre-season at, at, um, in Kansas. And I just bent over one day with my son, putting him down in his, in his uh, crib, and felt something in my back. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> and, uh, and the next day, I couldn't move, so... Basically, about two weeks later, three weeks later, when I went to go training, I, I just went along and tried to train, couldn't, and just said to the head coach, "Look, I'm, I, you know, you're wasting your time. I can't, I can't really move. I can't do what I want to do." So, I basically spent the next year going around different places in the US trying to fix my back, and then, it, and then finally, when a guy came out with a big titanium. Uh, vertebrae basically oh, God. <laughs> I, I said okay so I think it's time to stop wow. so yeah so I ended up um, doing some a little bit of coaching here and there in, in, in Florida and had a problem with my visa I ended up going to Bishop Stortford roundabout way going to Bishop Stortford as, as, as the head coach which um, I would va- I vowed never to be a head coach because after seeing what happened to my dad when he was yeah. the manager in various places but yeah. I did it Okay, it was a bit difficult. It was a bit of an eye-opener. and uh, I enjoyed it at times, but it, it ended up, uh, we ended up saying, okay, enough is enough. <laughs> and uh, I think we both agreed that was a good idea. And then pretty much out of the blue, well, actually, I, um, I spoke to Nicholas Anelka, and Nicholas Anelka was the first, one of the first big yes, players that right, went, yeah. went to Shanghai Shenhua. Yeah. And uh, he said, oh, yeah, <clears throat> actually, there might be an opportunity here for a goalkeeping coach. So um, two weeks later, he, he sent me a message and said, right, come out. Oh, wow. So I was there, I went out to Shanghai and uh, didn't really know what to expect. Did you go with your family at that stage or did you sort of go, let me go check this out first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to go and check it out first because right. I, con- I didn't even have a contract. Right. So I just went out and said, right, let me go and see what's up. And uh, we went there and um, Jean Tigana was the coach at the time, but Nico was going to take over. And so... I just ended up coaching the goalkeepers for a month. I didn't have a contract. And uh, then the president asked the goalkeepers if they liked me. They said yes, luckily. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then I signed the contract at the end of the season. Yeah. So um, so I did that. There was lots of trying to chase money, not being paid, all, all that kind of stuff, as like you, you heard back in the day about China. And I uh, mm. ended up signing another year at Chenois. And everything went really well. The goalkeeper got in the China national squad. And then, because of the messing around by, by by the president and not being paid, I found out that this club that I'm at now, which was then Shanghai East Asia, they uh, they wanted me to go there. So I joined there. Luckily, fortunately for me, again the goalkeeper that goalkeeper got in the China national squad. Yes, I saw. Yeah, amazing. 
yeah, and he's now the now the number one in in, in China. And uh, yeah, it all went from there. And uh, I've been in China now nearly seven years. Wow, seven years now that long. Yeah, my goodness. Yeah. Wow, can't believe it's that long. And, and how do you find out that? How's your family find? What, what's your kind of day to day? Presumably, you know, your child is what they English speaking or are they learning Cantonese or whatever it is. Well, my, my my family came out for the first two years, and then my right. son my son got um, some some weird tick and stuff oh, from, God. and it was from the metals, a lot of heavy metals in his in his system. Right. We don't know where it was from. Maybe from the apartment. Maybe from the air. Maybe, we're not sure. So we decided to to send him back. Take they went back to um, to uh, start his school in uh, in Florida, right. and. Um, so I uh, so I go backwards and forwards, and they come back now and again. So that's right. that's how it works. But we we didn't want to risk his, his health, so sure. um, so that's what happened with that. And uh, yeah, as far as me, it's good. I mean, obviously the the, the season runs from we do preseason uh, January, season starts in March. Mm-hmm. We go go all the way through to November, and then we have a break. So um, it, it's fairly hectic. The club's been quite successful recently. We, we obviously won the league last year. Uh, we've been in the Champions League the last three or four seasons, Asian Champions League, mm-hmm. and um, so so yeah, we it's, it's pretty much the same as as anywhere else. You know, we train we train uh, you know, at the moment. We're in preseason in Dubai twice twice a day, um, and everything else. So it's uh, it's, uh, it's all, all systems go really. <laughs> and, that sounds amazing. And do you kind of such like is there like a big expat community there, or or do you yeah. try and mix with the locals? What what do you kind of do socially? Oh yeah, of course. There's, you know, straight away, I found a few English people. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, we we hang out quite a bit. There's a mixture you know, of Australians and and English, and uh, obviously the guys from the club. There's um, the, Portu- the head coach is Portuguese, and all the other staff are Portuguese. I'm the only English guy. I'm not sure how many English people are actually in the in in the league mm-hmm. working in the league, but um, our cl- our club we have the Portuguese coaches and um, coaching staff. Um, I have a I have a, a translator right. um, who um, is brilliant. Helps me a lot. Used to play a little bit, so he helps me a lot. with The goalkeepers actually. Uh, he, <laughs> I also I say to him. I say to him these days that actually I could go home and he could just do the job. <laughs> he, he always tells me things before I tell him. You know, he's yeah. like, oh, the goalkeeper should be doing this. He should be doing that. I'm like, yeah. So um, good relationship, and um, yeah, the, guy, the the people were really friendly at the club, and and they, they make you feel really welcome, and um, mm. so I got really no complaints. Shanghai is a great city, yes, a re- re- really good city. So yeah, it's been uh, it's been a great experience, and um, uh, you know, I don't know how long, much longer I'll, I'm, I've got another two years this year and one more on my contract, and then I'll see after that what happens. Mm. I mean, I mean, it's the league that's really burgeoning, and obviously, Musa Dembele's gone there, and a lot of money's going there. Yeah. Have you have you really seen how the quality's gone up over the years? Yeah, yeah, massively. And, and like I said, in the first year, uh, first year or two, um, Anelka came in, and then of course Didier Drogba came as yes. also to the club, and uh, he wasn't he wasn't paid, mm. um, and he ended up leaving for Galatasaray, and there was certain. <clears throat> don't want to say for sure, but there, <laughs> you could certainly see that there was uh, some things going on with certain games. Let's right. just put it that way. Yeah. Uh, during that period, and, and that got clamped down on quite hard uh, from the president of the country, who is also a big big football fan. Right. He wanted to clear it up, um, and he has done. It's, it's got it's improved. Uh, the level of players improved. 
we still have some bizarre rulings every now and again, but in general, the, the standards is getting much better and um, they're getting much more professional. Um, and, the, and the quality, obviously, of the, the foreign players coming in uh, uh, is, is, is high. Mm. What uh, kind of attendances do you get at home games? For us, we get about 25,000. Okay. But uh, it differs around the league. Like Guangzhou Evergrande, who are probably the most well-known club, they, they get 50,000 every week. Uh, Beijing, Beijing Guan uh, also get 50,000 at home every week. Um, so it, yeah, and the, and the support is going up. Yeah, um, and uh, like I say, the sports going up, the quality of football is going up. They're now working on the academies and and trying to trying to get their homegrown players to come through. That will take a little bit of time, but that's that started probably two or three years ago seriously. So it will take a little while to see an improvement. Ultimately, want, want to improve the national team, which is the main. Yes. Thing. Yeah, um, I suppose you don't get fans travelling away to games. Do it's probably too too big a country. No, you get a few. Oh, really? You do get. A few. Yeah, yeah, you get a few. Um, I mean, not loads, but yeah. but yeah, it surprises me that you, you go to, um, you know, you get three hours flight and stuff, and you get you get fans turning up. So it's um, yeah, it's good. Uh, they're very passionate. You know, yeah. they're very passionate fans. Um, what what would you call the standard? Would you would you say it's as good as a championship standard, or where mm, do you think it fits compared to, to English football? Yeah, I would say, I would say, obviously it's different. Oh, championship is, uh, yes, <laughs> you know, how to nothing does. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's a tough old league. But um, yeah, I, I would say if yeah, teams could could hold their own probably in, in the championship. Uh, not, I mean, obviously it's a different style of play. Yeah. Um, a lot more, lot more physical in the championship. But um, I think, yeah, I mean, when we play when we play preseason f- uh, friendlies and stuff, when they play the play the Premier League teams. I mean, they don't they don't usually get hammered out of sight. So, um, so I think yeah, pro- probably Championship. Maybe maybe some teams top like League One, top top half of League One. Right. Maybe, but um, the better teams certainly. I think they could hold their own definitely in, in that in the Championship for sure. Mm. Well, well, obviously all Spurs fans will certainly be looking out for the. We've all got we've all got a Chinese teams for now because of you, I suppose. So that, that's a good thing. <laughs> We can look yeah. out for the results now and see how you're getting on. Ian, thank you so much for your time. It's been uh, uh, so lovely to hear from you and to hear your, 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 your memories. We really, really appreciate you um, taking out time to be with us. Uh, it's a pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate lovely. it. Lovely. Thank you so much, Ian. Have a great day. Thanks, Thanks mate. mate. This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at spurshow.net. Sports Social Podcast Network.